Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Did somebody say playoffs? The NBA, MLB, and then that children in full swing and our partners have bet online and got it covered. Are you a betting man, Derek? Sports betting? No, I am not. I'm not stupid. Betting sports is my favorite thing ever. And I think this year, the Lakers are a lock, a absolute lock to take out the title. LeBron James, fine form, et cetera, et cetera. But I'll be honest, I've never once won a bet. So take advantage of sports being back and get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Meet me there. Yeah, again, that's betonline.ag. .ag, welcome Antigua, Antigua listeners, and sign up today. BetOnline.ag, sign up today. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control. But there's one thing you control, and that's shaving your, oh, gosh, shaving your bush, yeah. Don't, don't, no, shave your face. I'm telling you, everyone out there, shave your damn face with this thing. Don't touch anywhere else. In fact, listeners to the show will get 20% off of free shipping with the code DIRTYWATER at manscaped.com. That's 20% off of free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code DIRTYWATER. Please use the code DIRTYWATER. We get three more people to buy the damn things. We get paid. We keep doing this thing. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that. Your face. Your damn face. Shave your face. face face, I I shave my face with it. Yeah, don't touch your nuts. (laughs) You fucking weirdos. Perfect. Perfect. Good. Good, good, good. I'm Derek Riley. I'm with Charlie Smith, and welcome to Dirty Water. One hour of godless conversation that'll warm the baby powder inside your armpits and make the lilacs in your dressing table bloom. Today's guest on Dirty Water is a surfboard shaper and artist who self-describes as a stick of dynamite and a sissy boy. (laughs) Born and raised in Newport Beach, California, although he now lives in San Pedro, near Los Angeles International Airport and very close to Long Beach, one of America's most ethnically diverse cities. At his mid-1980s peak, he was making custom surfboards as well as an anti-surf clothing line. Both boards and t-shirts emblazoned in luminous pinks and patterned like happy tropical fish. Lately, our guest, who is 67 years old, has fashioned himself as the anti-imported surfboard and fiercely anti-Asian provocateur. Ask our founding fathers what they think of Chinese junk, he wrote in one Instagram post. As we march forward, let's keep our dignity in this battle for an Asian import-free nation, he wrote another. Our guest throws his online barbs at the Kelly Slater-owned Firewire surfboards, though he often targets the company's CEO, Mark Price, and Slater Designs, companies that manufacture the bulk of their surfboards in Southeast Asia. Last week, Kelly Slater, in reference to our guest, noted that it must be great to be in your mid to late 60s, on drugs, sexually confused, and dying for any kind of attention. Today's guest, Mr. Peter Schroff. Never been more excited for a guest. That was American English with an ice cube, a vodka-soaked ice cube in my mouth. <laughs> I would love a vodka-soaked ice cube in my mouth. But Pete, P- let's go through. Uh, let's go through through each of uh, Kelly's charges. I'm sorry. Let's let's go through each of Kelly's charges. Kelly so, Hall. <laughs> let's let's go through. Um, so you know when Kelly made that um, sent that provocative message to to your buddy from Happy Battle Surf Shop. When he said that you were um, in your mid to late sixties, on drugs, sexually confused, and dying for any kind of attention, did he say that? Well, that's what he, he actually wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> he, he called me up the next day, totally apologizing for the whole thing. Um, 
you know, through Jesus. I mean, the the world is a funny place nowadays. Um, You know, immediately after this whole shimdig, I get an email from um, Surfer Magazine wanting me to do a, be a part of their gay gay issue. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jesus Christ. But um, I think uh, it's gotten to a point that the world is so... Is it okay to say the F-U-C-K on that? Yeah, Where, Oh, okay. Yeah, like a bitch. The world has gotten so fucking politically correct. I'm, and uh, I'm always putting my foot in my mouth. You, you know what I mean, kind of speak. And um, anyway, you know, I told the guy, I warned the guy in uh, Happy Battle, Battle, whatever it is, in San Diego. Hey, you're taking your life in your own hands when you. Uh, when you when you produce a show like this, you know, uh, the first, I think the first one I did was in um, Rockaway Beach, uh, New York. And um, the next day, you know, it was, then the focus was uh, horse shit, you know, head in shape. I, I I love giving things code names so you don't get busted. And uh, poor shit's wife calls up the next morning to uh, uh, Howard. Well, I call him Howard. He he's um, I can't even you know I, I call people by nickname. And Wait, code you call you call Hayden Howard? Horseshit. But who's Howard? Howard is the owner of the uh, Rockaway Beach uh, Surf Club that produced okay. the show. What's his and, name? And, and so his wife just called up screaming the next day after the video came out. The video went, went viral instantly, you know, because you got a half-naked fucking meathead fucking chopping up a fucking head in shape in his fucking panties, you know. <laughs> anyway, I like to have fun while we're doing the thing. So, uh, where, where were we? Uh, you're, desc- you're describing your Rockaway Beach performance. Okay, so then, you know, so I was warning him, you know, you're going to get a load of shit for doing this fucking show. You know, because I like to let people know what they're getting into. Anywho, you guys get the whole fucking point of this whole damn scenario is, you know, I've been in the business for 15 years, 50 years. Yeah, 15. 50. And, you know, it's my family. It's my big family. And here we got, you know, we got King Shit Slater taking his work to Thailand. And, you know, we already have an issue. I don't know about you guys over there, but we have an issue of homeless people and people out of work and unemployment and stuff. And it was a complete, like, anti-patriotic move. And so that's what flared up. And on the same thing, Hayden Shape is over here just fucking brainwashing everybody on his little fucking super board. And, and uh, you know, it's just like, 
the way I look at it, surf, surfboards are the last handmade thing in the world. Skateboard, nothing. Nothing's handmade. What can you name that's handmade like the old goldsmiths in the old days? And Hermes Birkin is handmade. Handmade <laughs> yeah. Portugal, isn't it? Or Bangladesh? No, in France still, Derek. Okay. Come on. Handmade by Bangladeshis in Paris. Huh? <laughs> I can go get my Hermes belt if you want me to put it on and look sexy for the. Please, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here I go. Okay. <laughs> Derek, he's going to put on his Hermes belt. And you and I can discuss while he's going to put on his Hermes belt. Uh, well, first of all, let's, let's explain what Pete was talking about. So he was talking about his ritual destruction of a, of a surfboard made in Thailand, which he, he did, I think, in 2016 at Rockaway Surf Club, I think it is, um, with, the, with the Hayden Shapes um, Crypto. I am back. He's back. In 2019, Happy Battles was the latest sci-fi board. That- they even gave you a little... Little sack to protect the buckle, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look. Oh, yeah, baby. Look at that. Woo. See, that's what I'm talking about right there. Oh, did doggy. you, Woo. Did you wear that in the destruction of any any foreign made surfboards? No, I'm going to wear it for my next uh, chop chop session. Anyway, so. Let's get back on track, boys, because I know we've got to communicate something's reasonable <laughs> to the public. <laughs> so, when did you when did you start lighting up about uh, foreign made surfboards? I'm sorry. What what was when the did, question? When did you start um, becoming politicized by uh, Asian made surfboards? Jesus fucking Christ, man! I feel like I'm talking to aliens. <laughs> <laughs> We're very. <laughs> Chaz, can you ask me? I, I could understand you very well the other day on the phone. I don't know what happened. I, I think it's the, the speaker system or something. Um, so, Are you okay, Mr. Shroff? What about James? Can he speak better? No, right? no. Can, he, can I speak, he be a translator? Or is he oh, the, James, is, on, James only speaks in Kanye West. Only speaks in what? In Kanye West. He only speaks easy. There we yeah. go. Mr. Derek. Shroff. Mr. Shroff. Are you, on, are you on drugs, Mr. Shroff? Am I what? Are you on drugs, Mr. Shroff? Um, you know, I do a little weed once in a while. Um, back in the gotcha days, we did a shitload of blow, as uh, as you know, the MT family. <laughs> Are you frozen? Did, no. I'm, 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 didn't, didn't you do a book on uh, the whole blow and surfing thing? I did. It was called Cocaine <laughs> Surfing. That's what it was called. I should have called it blow and surfing. It would have gone better, I think. And so you know, you know MT pretty well. I I love MT maybe more than any surf personality of them all. Besides yeah. you, I'll be honest here. I don't fan out on podcast listener. I mean podcast guests regularly. But you, Peter Schroff, I first became aware of you. Do you know Pete Terrace? Who? Pete Terrace. <laughs> No. Long-time photo editor of Surfing and then Surfer. Peter Terrace is his name. T-A-R-A-S. No, I, I, for some reason, he slipped right by me. I know. Son you know, of a bitch. Pete Terrace just got hammered. But also, Pete Terrace introduced me to your work like no, decades you're not, you're ago. Not Pete, you're not saying Pete, Peter Town. Nope. Terrace. Okay. No, I, I, it slipped my mind. You know, you got to remember, I checked out of the surf world for 25 years. 
but your early surf ads, those what you did, I don't know, 30 years ago was pretty damn epic. Yeah. Black and I, white. I, 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 I've kind of really checked out of the surf world in like uh, 85. Sure. It, but your your 1984 ads in magazine yeah. were provocative and progressive. Yeah, which is actually no different than what we're doing right now because they were just throwing shit back in people's face, you know, and it, it went over most people's head. And now, you know, I kind of like toned it down a little bit and, and hit below the belt. But real quick. Not, nothing has really changed, you know. The, the sissy boy attitude is, is pretty much the same. You know, I never, I never thought my thought about being political, but it, it always, now it's kind of like back then it was cut, called punk rock. And now it, I don't know what the fuck it's called because everything's so politically correct. And, and it's just, it's just like I was telling you the, the other night when we were having a personal phone call is that, um, you just, uh, you know, it's hard to move anymore. You got to slither like a snake to get by. And it's really, it's really killed my business. Um, being, being a folkman for the, uh, American board builders and they're all fucking pussyfoot. None of them will fucking jump into the fucking thing. They, they, they keep it at arm fucking distance. And my family tell me about Melbourne now. Melbourne is a bunch of, like pussyfoots right now, liberals that Melbourne? are all pol- politically correct. Melbourne. What's wrong with people in Melbourne? Yeah, people in Melbourne out here are just like really like politically correct now. They're following the whole little Black Lives Matter thing. What about people in Sydney? Well, I don't know about Sydney. My, I, I just, my UK buddy, uh, he we just spent a, an hour on the phone today and he just, tells me, you know, what's going on because I don't listen to the news or anything. I just kind of fill it in my blood and and you make a move. <laughs> gotcha days. Yeah. What were you actually designing for Gotcha? Good question. Yeah. Well, you know, it was, that, that's a good question because, you know, they hired me because we created a, a movement and Gotcha was in kind of a slum, I was kind of over doing garment, you know, I was doing surfboard and did a few t-shirts and skyrocketed and I got into the garment industry and I fucking hated the garment industry. I didn't speak a word of fucking Spanish and I had to drive to LA. I knew how to run a surfboard factory, but I dropped the surfboard factory because I couldn't do both. And so eventually I wound up Spitting up blood, and I said, "Hey, this isn't worth cutting. Isn't worth killing myself for." And so, were you spitting up, spitting up blood because of the cocaine and surfing part? Stress, the stress of the garment industry. You do, you do five thousand pairs of trunks, and they're all fucked up. You got a ship date. <laughs> You're fucked, you know. And it's just everything's always like that in the garment industry. You, you got to have a good production manager and the, you know, and I was just a little surfboard kid at the time. You know, I didn't know anything about the garment industry, but, you know, I took to dive off the cliff and fuck sissy boy 
got the fuck out of there. <laughs> it wasn't good. And then I, I licensed the line out and, and went to work for Gotcha. MT picked me up. And uh, what I wound up, they wanted me to come in and do a designer, but fuck, I can't do production shape. You know, it's not in my blood. So they put me in a designer room and I went fucking mental. They got five lines of a year and you keep reworking things and all the, and then they finally figured out that I needed to go work with Mark Price in the, uh, in the uh, marketing, in the marketing department. And which is ironic, it's, you know, Mark Price and I became like best fucking buddies and we did loads of fucking blow together. We did <laughs> loads of partying together. And, you know, if Mark Price took a, a fork in the street and I took a fork in the street. You know, and he took the fork, you know, after the Tavaro saying, failing and all this. And, hey, I understand, you know, he got his life. He got to make money. He has a lifestyle. You know, and we all have lifestyles we have to support. You know, we become accustomed to lifestyles, right? Speaking of lifestyles, real quick, there's absolutely no way you're in San Pedro right now. I've never seen a home like you're in right now that's in San Pedro. Oh, fuck. I'll show you around, okay? Okay. Hope you guys don't mind me smoking. How, hmm. I'm going to spark one with you. I, I, it, smoking is my little reward. Okay, here we go. All right. You want to see those? You want to see the firewire coming into the country? Yes, please. <laughs> okay, here we go. There they this is are. not San Pedro, though. Oh, you are in San Pedro. Oh, around there. Oh, boy. You are in San Pedro. Never enough. And then we keep the watchful eye on thing in the territory. And uh, nothing, nothing quite like a radio show tour of a house. This is the ultimate bachelor <laughs> pad. So, Just you know, the, the, uh, the bachelor pad. You're walking through Peter's yeah. floor to ceiling, black tiles, big bathtub, big sexy bathtub for sissy boy times. Is this thinking gotcha money or is this, how did you afford this San Pedro beautiful loft? What do you even call it? It's a... It's a, it's a mini hotel. The two, two bedroom, two bathroom rentals and they're swanked out. And it's like Salvador Dali on acid, every room. Let's move on, Peter. Peter. Peter, why do they call why do they call you sissy boy? Why do you call yourself sissy boy? I thought you guys labeled me sissy boy. When I you know this is self-defined. I've seen you sissy boyed out in your own Instagrams. Do you like my hot pants? I do like it. I like your super love shirt too. Yeah. If you put your um, Hermes belt on, no, it would be better. I thought it was you. Is this the you or stab that labeled me sissy boy? Derek, was it you? I remember calling you sissy boy once. But I yeah, what, what, is this a you or stab that na- labeled me sissy boy? And I kind of liked it. So I became sissy boy. It, the thing is, it, if you accept the bottom, then there's nowhere to go but up, right? But, up. What, the, but what the heck? You're living in a pedotaire in San Pedro designed <laughs> by Salvador Dali himself. Yeah. I feel you're pretty high in terms of where surfboard shapers are right now. Yeah, well, you know, I live I lived in New there's a the whole theory. I have this friend and he had the whole theory on three. 
What is so it? I, I based my life, I, I, I just realized that when I moved to San Pedro, because he was my ex-tenant, and he became a friend, and he moved he moved into the, the storefront that I have, the studio in, in, in Sandro. I call it Sandro, because you got the local, they call it Pedro. Sandro. And, and San Pedro, you know, I hate Spanish fucking name. And so, and like kind of a, you know, a Spain name, Sandro, you know, like the designer, Sandro. Yeah. So it's much Sandro more elegant. Fabulous so, designer. You know, being a fashion victim, I am. So anyway, um, so I spent 31 years in Newport, uh, 31 years in Venice. Where did you live? In, where did you live in Newport, real quick? Give me streets. In Br- Venice. In Newport. What, oh, what were your streets? Newport is all, a large well, swamp. I lived over the place. You know, the last place I lived was Fifty uh, Sixth Street. Okay, Fifty Sixth is good. You know, it, <laughs> you know, I had an oceanfront house there because you know that was that was the scene, and. Uh, and so anyway, you know, Newport, it just, I got into the, the art world and performance arts. So I moved to L.A. and uh, actually started off in the loft downtown. Where? Which then, streets downtown? Come on. Uh, you got to be specific it was, here. It, it was specifically, there's Alameda. Yep. And Force. One block uh, east is Seton Street. So you were arts district, is what you were. You were arts district. Oh, yeah. So we did performance shows every month there, my girlfriend and I. Or should I say my boyfriend? Tell us about Surfer's Gay Issue that you feature heavily in. Well, you know, the whole... Obviously, back then, this is like the the mid-'80s, you know, half the artists are gay, and that's the way it is. And, And... I had four girlfriends in a row, and they're modern dancers, and all the boys are fucking gay. You know, so it's nothing new to me. They're all regular folk. And so, you know, the whole gay phobia and homophobia thing is just like a pathetic little fucking attitude of, I don't know, right-wingers or whatever. You know, they just wiggle in their seat when they think about anal sex or blowjobs or whatever. But, you know, I I just been growing up with it. In the art world, it's pretty common. And now it's the focal point. But what's and so it? I came back to the surf world and probably, you know, I left the surf world by 1990. And I came you back to the surf world. What? You never left the surf world. Yeah, I did. Once once a surfer, always a surfer. Wasn't that a gotcha slogan? No, I, I stopped surfing, doing everything for 25 years. Son of a gun. You where did, where did. did you go? What happened? Midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> so where did you go? Hey, what did you, you do? You young boy. I'm 66. <laughs> you, you'll go on your little passes. As you grow up, you know, it's just like you go on new passes. And then I came back to surf world and I go, holy fucking shit. What happened to the surf culture? It turned into Wonder Bread land. It so did. 
Peter Schroff, and so did. Do you guys know what Wonder Bread is in the, over in uh, Down Under? I know Wonder Bread, bread but I mentioned it's that's what? Squishy, that's squishy, the squishy bread with the yellow, blue, red, and uh, red spot. Just wasn't, wasn't surfing always um, always Wonder Bread, Peter? Wonder Boy. <laughs> Wonder, uh, Wonder Boy is your boy. new name, FYI. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Are you a Wonder Boy? Uh, well, no, in a hundred years. Somebody you'll be a you, you'll be a Wonder Boy in a hundred years. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just super love. <laughs> Which is, it's kind of an ironic thing. Super love is kind of like a, it's kind of like a, a mantra in a way, you know? It's just like, just remember, if you keep on a positive note, you can create things. If you, you get negative, you want to destroy things. So it's like a keto. If you can take somebody's energy and redirect it and then it's super love uh but real quick do you still love surfing even after all of this is surfing so magical to you oh yeah i i still got a heart on every time i go out and you know i'm in foreclosure right now everything's a fucking nightmare you know i i you know i retired on rentals in venice i had four rentals and I, I I saw one of your I saw I was even in one of your rentals in Venice. Oh really? Yes. Yeah. I no heard shit. this is a a I mean you designed epic homes in Venice. Epic home? Those two epic homes, but also <laughs> epic homes. <laughs> yeah, I love cones. Yeah, cones are. <laughs> I have a big affection for cones. Everybody says it's phallic, but it's not. But um, so yeah. I'm, I'm kind of like crazy. But I, I, why I, the I, hell? Why the hell do you still design surfboards, Pete Schroff? I'm really good at it. Like making I'm, good I, surfboards. I, I, God, God gave me a gift, and I follow God's path. And I'm, I'm really, 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 really super good at it. And um, you know it. Really hideous going in a sweaty, gritty fucking room. And it's really fucking hideous laying all that fucking masking tape. I mean, I fucking hate it. It's a love-hate relationship. But I'm just, like, really, really good at it. And, you know, there's so much competition and bullshit and politicians in the art world. It's just like the real fucking world. I just... I just said, fuck it, you know, you know, and then the gays and uh, the minority group, the Mexicans, the black took over the art world. Everything's politically fucking correct now. So, uh, you know, at a certain point, I just said, fuck it with the art world. Then I went back to the art world and then there's Wonder Bread. And so what triggered the whole fucking thing was Hayden shape. I mean, horse shit. He knocked off one of the logos and one of my buddies in New York sent it to me and that triggered the whole fucking movement. But let's be honest, the logo he knocked off though was a, I mean, was that, it was a square blocks, right? 
Was that really a knockoff? Or was that... So, you know, I printed it. And, you know, and I just kind of called him on it. And then I found out he's making Chinese board and, and exploiting them in this country. And then that started the whole fucking flare. And, you know, he just, he just, he was chicken shit about it, you know? But have and, you ever seen how beautiful Hayden is? As a Hayden Cox, as a man, is maybe the most beautiful shaper to ever live. Let's be quite frank. You can't fucking shape fucking worth a fucking damn. Have you seen his face? Oh, faces. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's fucking, he's gay boy. He's an Adonis. He's an Adonis of a man. Yeah. Oh, and he's a little fucking baggy haircut and the whole fucking shit, you know? Beautiful. A beautiful human being. <laughs> One of the most beautiful human beings surfboard shaping has ever, ever produced, besides you. Well, I'm fucking ugly dickhead. <laughs> Are you kidding? The bald what? head glasses. Your whole thing. Are you kidding me? At 66, you may be, along with Hayden, the most beautiful surfboard shaper ever. Yeah. Well, when I had hair, I was beautiful. <laughs> Are you kidding? You wear no hair better than Kelly Slater. Yeah. Well, you know, Kelly, well, let's, get, let's not get anything wrong. You know, the, style, ma right. the style master was MR. MR is still rules. Nobody will his, do it better than nobody will ever do it better than MR. But his Kelly ears Slater, stick out. Kelly a Slater whole, did it longer. MR's ears MR. stick out a whole ton. MR's ears are like Dumbo wings, and he has a weak chin. What are you talking about here? Well, MR, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about Kelly Slater's longevity. To be, I'm talking about. Kelly Slater's handsome face, but I feel you're handsomer well, at 66 than Kelly Slater will be at 66. Yeah, he'll 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 have a pot belly. <laughs> Kelly? Yeah. He already, he already does, doesn't he? No, he will by then. He doesn't yet. You he don't will, have a pot belly. Not yet. <laughs> you're you're 66. It ain't coming. If it ain't coming at 66, it's not coming. So you do not have a pot belly. No, no. It it, 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 it you know, some, well, the thing is, you know, I meditate for an hour every morning. I eat all organic. I don't eat meat. What, what, what do you meditate upon? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothingness. How so much a, is this? Are, you, are you a Zen Buddhist? No. Fuck no. What are you? If you're meditating well, on nothing. I, I started off... In, um, what was it? I think the late 60s was TM, Transcendental Meditation, was uh, Maharishi. Maharishi. And, and then, I, then I migrated to um, Pamahanda Yogananda with the Self-Realization Fellowship. You did, know, you ever come down to, did you ever come down to Swamis? Yeah. I... I went to, you know, meetings and Sunday meetings at the, at the temple. And then I got into Krishnamurti, which is interesting because the, the Bonser brothers are into Krishnamurti. You, you aware of Krishnamurti? Of course. Okay. But I'm real so curious, Chris, where, where are you now? So Krishnamurti was the next evolution. And then 
between my yoga teacher, because I've been doing yoga for 25 years, and between my yoga, because my back was so fucked up from shaping, being on a twist with the planer, crippled, crushed my disc. So, I, you know, I, I wind up in a wheelchair sometimes. And uh, so people kept, you know, I tried chiropractor, everything, nothing worked. And uh, people kept saying, try yoga. And so, you know, yoga is my boot camp. And so between her, I did a, her and all the gurus, I just kind of invented the, my own breed. You know, at 66, you kind of put two and two together and two and three together and two and five together. And so I just got my hour of meditation in the morning and I just get level-headed. You know, an evening comes along, I have my, my beer, my whiskey, and... Uh, my kombucha, yin and yang. <laughs> do you do you mix your kombucha with your whiskey or your beer? Fuck no, fuck. That would be sacrilegious. <laughs> you don't you don't mix your cocktails. Uh my only martinis. <laughs> what with what? Uh vermouth, extra dry. You make a vermouth martini? Well, you know, I make I gin gives you a really bad hangover. So it sure does. So vodka is the ticket. I mean, I I, I prefer gin martini, but the hangover is not worth it. So a vodka or martini, and I went. I used. To, I have this English buddy that moved to San Francisco, so we used to go up there and rent a. Uh, a bubble car, electric car. We go bar hopping, and we go to all the martini bars, and we just get fucking obliterated, you know. And we just pull up on the curb, we plug the thing in, all the bars, and uh, the classic one on Hate Street, a martini bar. And the guy just just so cool. He takes the martini glass, the frozen martini glass. And he takes a has a mist bottle with a vermouth, and he just mist the glass and he pours the vodka. In. Fucking yes. Okay, got you. Okay, I, I totally hear. I'm tracking with you now. With the mis- <laughs> I thought you were actually mixing your martinis with actual like thick vermouth. Oh but no, no. martini got to be pure, but you mix it with vermouth. Of course. You know? I and hear that, you now. That's what. That would kick to my and then and then I was at a club in New York, I don't know, twenty years ago. And I ordered a martini. And I you know, I ordered it with olive and she said, fuck that. And she put a fucking cherry in it. And I've been a fucking one of those like dark red cherry. And now I'm cherry man. No more no more olives. A cherry martini. The olive contaminates the juice. The cherry, you sip that martini at the end, you suck that little cherry, and it's like popping a cherry. But ain't that Kelly Slater? Let's be honest. Is that not Kelly Slater today? Is basically a cherry martini. Oh, really? That's such a thing? I mean, sort of. Don't you think so? A deliciously sweet. If you just dust a glass from... Vermouth, and then you fill the rest of it with um, 
with babka, and then you dumped this little black cherry in. I guess it could be a cherry martini. Sure. I have to give the bartender directions on how to do it every time. They don't, you just tell them a cherry martini, and they're not going to fucking understand what fucking, they're going to think your head is up your ass. But I mean, I hear you. Uh, cherries and olives are so close to each other in oh, the I, having I, a. I cry. Olive is fucking salty as fuck, and a cherry is just like pussy. But they both have pits in the middle, right? I mean, it's a similar thing. It's, yeah, they're round. With pits. They're round. They have a similarity. They are round, I admit. You got a good fucking point. If, if, so if Cherry is a pussy, is Olive a dick? Well, you know, let's put it this way. And she had a nice, right pussy staring you in a fucking eye. With an olive in it or a cherry in it? Which one would you go to for? Uh, cherry. Exactly. <laughs> you got my point. <laughs> so I think you can. I think you picked up on my gayness. <laughs> I mean, okay, though. But uh, real quick, you still wear a red, uh, red ring on your left hand. What does that mean? There it is. So I what does that mean, it, though? I, I paint it every week. You picked up on that. It's on the right hand. Oh, sorry. The, the it's hand line. flipped here. It's flipped here. So I just sprayed it. I have to let it dry for a couple of days. So you ever hear of the red ribbon to remind you of thing? Yes. Okay. And how people tie it around their finger. So this is my reminder to enjoy life. Because... My nature is to get dressed in intense about everything. And then my hand always crosses my face, and it reminds me to calm down, take a deep breath, be calm, and be super loved. So that's all. Good question, though. I'm surprised you picked up on it. I'm, t- I'm, a- I'm an observant surf journalist. <laughs> Fuck. That, that, was, that was the last detail. And then you know, the first one I had is slipped off is while surfing one day. And so I had to get a size smaller. And so now I have to use fucking shitload of fucking lube to get the fucking thing on. <laughs> what lube do you use? Oh. Olive oil. Like, real quick, I got, though. I got big calluses from the Skill 100 holding that goddamn fucking planer. And so... Yeah, the Skill 100 is a remarkable fucking tool. I I just can't believe some primitive wor- woodworker invented that fucking tool that is so sensitive. I got the one that the guy makes in San Diego, and it's such a piece of shit. You tried to copy the Skill 100, and uh, it's so heavy, it's insensitive. I had to use one once. It was the biggest piece of shit ever, and they charge a load of money for it. It looks beautiful. It looks sexy, but it's just a piece of shit. And the Skill 100 was one of those rare phenomena. And the Skill 100 is like my chainsaw. I know I'm like the back of my hand. When I got the Skill 100 and the, and the assist, the German chainsaw in my hand, I feel like king shit. Do you, but okay. So back to 
a what? Uh, let's say Asian manufactured surfboards. Yeah. So I only do one board a week. One board a week. Yeah. So if I put in a, if I put in for a Peter Schroff custom, when would I get it? Well, I keep up on my order because, you know, I regulate them. I, I shape it right away and then it depends on the glass shop. And, you know, it takes more time to tape it off and spray it than it does to shape it. It takes two hours to shape it. And I can, I don't understand shaping machine. I don't, I really don't get it because I can block out, I can take a blank where the shaping machine takes it in 30 minutes. It takes the shaping machines 30 minutes to do. And it could be giving somebody work, not stealing their work. The only thing the shaping machine is good is making identical board. Do you have a magic board? But, fuck, I only do custom orders, and I ask a load of questions. I ask for photos. I ask for videos of the person surfing, and I put it into my computer. And I can make it just, like, blended. You know, not what we did with, well, with the electric acid uh, test, um, the guy from um, Pure Glass for does the glassing tipped me off as to, it's uh, Davy Jay Davy. Oh yeah, you know, because of its weight and size and everything. But it turned out to be Noah, and so I need all that information to know the person, but. You know, Jay Davies way, and I studied him. I watched all the videos of him, and then it wind up being no, and I go, fuck. You know, so that's how serious I take custom. I don't want to make a board for a dock board that goes in the shop. I do but- it for Japan because it's so difficult. Japan, you know, it, because of the shipping and time and delays and everything, they order stock boards and I have to do that. But I don't, I like to, well, ask yourself the question. Wouldn't you like to be intimate with things that you're doing and it gets you a will to do it rather than just making it for a rack? I mean, completely. But if you could pick a world champion shaper to shape for, World champion surfer. Sorry to shape for. Who would you who would you choose? Kelly Slater? No. Who? Uh, Dane. Reynolds. Dane. You could nail him. You could get Dane the best board of his life. Yeah. I mean, I think Dane and Kelly Slater getting old. Dane still youthful and he's experimental. Dane, Dane puts things in. Well, you know, maybe Joss. Kerr? Yeah. Really? Because he, he's the most level-headed. What about, what or, about Sierra Kerr? Or, or Jordy. Smith? Jordy or Joss, actually. What about, what about Josh's daughter, Sierra? I'm not aware of her. You, you, should, know, watch, you should watch I, some videos of Sierra Kerr. Really? Josh's daughter. Oh man. Derek, does Sierra Kerr not rip? She's up up there with the men. I mean, I feel she is. Derek? 
Yeah, Sierra's. <clears throat> Sierra's remarkable. Really? <laughs> how, how do you spell her name? Um, let me come up pencil here. Like the like the Sierra Mountains. S I E R R A. Sierra. Yeah. Sierra. That's the one. She she's she surfs like a man. She surfs better than Josh. No shit. Literally. Those, those two guys, I think, are just really special, you know. Jordy, Jordy and, and, and you know, they're, they're kind of underdogs in a way. You know, I, I don't think they'll ever be the rock star, but they do, you know, I like their freestyle. Did you know Jordy Smith has many clubs in South Africa where he is the actual rock star? No, I didn't know that. I, it's true. I, I don't even want to know it. <laughs> and now you do. So you should start shaping boards for Jordan. But, you know, those guys, those guys are amazing. I but, mean, I, I, I think, you know, and, you know, Mick, Mick is a piece of the rock. He can do no wrong. And Kelly, Kelly can still blow my mind. How? Uh, you know, it's just like, what was the uh, free, free surfing thing? The Carmen? Carmen? What's the Indonesian contest? Oh, at Karamas. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, when he's free surfing, he pulls off the turning 360, you know? The turning yeah. 360 is a beautiful move. It's the ultimate move, you know? And and then they, I forget who he's surfing with. He does it at lowers again, you know? And then he does it with somebody that actually does it with him. They both do turning 360, you know, and it's just, it's just, it's just like what people have been dreaming about for 30 fucking years. And they do it like a piece of cake. Who is your, who is your, Peter Schroff, your ideal customer uh, who calls in for a surfboard? Well, you know what my ideal customer turned out to be? A 50 and over. <laughs> 50 and over it's like you know a lot of have been surfers and they have their midlife crisis i can make the boards a little bit thicker for them and and um so that's my ideal customer but i like to flirt i can flirt with do the you, younger surfer and i do have you flirt, I have, do you flirt I have, with the older surfers uh pardon me you're not gay are you Fuck no. <laughs> I'm like, I'm straight as a fucking two by four. <laughs> I mean, I just can't, I just can't even imagine, but you know, and I have no problem. Like I said, I grew up with all my art buddies and dance buddies. Is gay and, and, and hey, to each his own. But is, is playing, is playing flamboyant, playing what? flamboyant, Playing flamboyant in surf, how much fun is that for you? Playing. P playing. Like playing the role of the wild flamboyant man in surf. Oh, fuck. I'm safari man. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh. the, the girl... Stinking... stinking the, girl, is... the girl I'm going out with now, yeah, some young Jack Meese thing. She wanted to interview me for Safari Man. Uh, well, we call it, so I'm Safari Man now, you know. It's You're a Safari like, Man. 
Safari Man. Oh. That is pretty fat. Is that your van right there? Your Safari Safari oh, van? Oh, your I, Safari van. Well, I go to Baja all the time and go surfing in San Miguel, you know. I just drive out the car and park there and and San Miguel is fucking great. And you get a the right even during the summer, you get the right south swell, come right in there. Real quick here though. What? You're shaping you're shaping a board a week. Yeah, in sometimes your- some, well, when I get Japanese orders, sometimes I have to do eight boards a week, you know. Do you, do you go to Japan? What? Do you go yeah, to Japan? I used to for design stuff. Because, you know, I was a designer for many years. And so I would always go to Milan and Tokyo for design week. And, and I, no more? Well, the whole design world is hungry. I mean, it, it died. Everything, everything died. Except for surfing. Well, surfing pretty much died too. It, it, it turned into a generic little fucking whippersnapper, clear fucking board uh, thing. And, you know, Folly Kelly Slater or Lost or Horseshit. I mean... Is Lost in, Horseshit? And, and it, I don't know about over there. I mean... You're, are you here? Are you here now, or are you in Australia? I'm only here. I mean, I was okay, in Australia okay, for a hot okay. minute, but I'm only here. But you know, uh, Jim Zappala, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. So he just kind of made the connection for me because you know he used to spray for me and stuff. I trained him to spray and do everything. He used to wake up and I used to give him a call at midnight. It's time to come and cut the laps on the board, you know. So, in, you know, he was working at UPS, and I met him. I met him, and I said, "Hey, you want to make surfboard?" What's and, the what is the what is the next frontier in surfing, though? This is it's I'm, wide open now. It's all broken. So, where can we all go? Where am I going to go? Where can we go? I mean, I feel you are a progressive visionary into uh, where I, I'm, I'm just opening the, the mini hotel. You want a tour? Me? I'm on the tour? You want a tour? Oh, yes, please. Okay, here we go. You ready to go down the rabbit hole? Definitely. So, it's a destination hotel. People will come from all over the world. And my future is to quit making surfboard, quit surfing, and I'm going to be a hoe. But, yeah, you know, I'm fucking 66, and I like... I like I like hosting people. I like making people happy, like blowing people's mind. How does somebody book in your space? Book. Well, yeah, how do you, how not, do you get to start? We're not open yet. There's a lot of work to do yet. This it didn't look like any work to do besides getting scorched alive by the lack of fire extinguishing, I mean, fire alarm batteries. I, I'm figuring out whether to go with Airbnb or whether to have agents do it and just not dick around with it, which, sound kind of appetizing so i'm probably going to pick up an agent to do all the fucking nightmare they that way they get they book the maids and the fucking cleaning people and shit like that because you know i can't fucking deal with that shit i mean how in the world do you have time between shaping a surfboard a week and building that entire place fuck that's why i only do one fucking board a week you know i have I to mean, focus on this thing and I guess right now that makes sense 
you know, I got a million bucks into the fucking thing, over a million bucks into it. And, um, you know, it's going to happen. And it's like an oasis. People can come here from all over the world. They're just, like I say, it's like taking a tap of acid without having to take a tap of acid. And I want to be a host. I don't want to go into a sweating, shaking fucking room. Screw shaping. Whoever wants to do that. I will do... Yeah, no. Who who in their right mind would want to go get the gritty dust on them and start to sweat? And then you have to lay all the tape down and and spray the paint. You know, you know. I happen to have a reputation for laying down all this fucking tape and doing fucking crazy spray job. But like I say, the spray job takes like three fucking hours to do. Well, God bless you, Peter Schroff. Thank you so much. Yes. Well, hey, it was nice to attract your interest and. I hope that um, this will open the minds of your readers. I mean, it will thousand percent will open them wide as wide can be. <laughs> it's like I said. Well, I won't say it, but it was like just say it. it just send like us out. Send us out with one with one piece of wisdom for the reader and or listener and or viewer. Well, I kind of stated it before. There's nothing out there. There's absolutely nothing out there. The mind makes everything real. It's kind of like the matrix, you know? The matrix makes it real. When Neo's bleeding in the chair, going, bleeding. And I don't know who said it, whether it was uh, Trinity or... Or fish, fishbone. Um, yeah, fishbone definitely said it. Yeah, when Did you ever listen to fishbone, the mind, the mind makes it real. So the mind is pliable. It's like a piece of clay. People believe things that aren't real, and so there's nothing out there. So that's my word of wisdom. God bless you, Peter Schroff. All right. Hey, it's been a pleasure and. You guys are so open-minded and easy to work with. I love you. Thanks for bringing us about. I appreciate it. Thank you, and have a wonderful night. Peace. Peace. Or, I can't do it, but, you know. That was Spock, the Spock piece. (laughs) Spock piece is better. There you go. You're an expert. All right. I love you guys. Love you. Thank you for calling upon me and and doing this. it's all media, you know? It's beautiful.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.